it's important for people to understand that there's so many, you know, you see me here smiling today and so positive. They're thinking she has so much going on. I came to a country with two suitcases. I left all my shoes in Brazil. That's very serious for a Brazilian. <laughs> I have two pair of shoes, guys. This is serious for me. But, you know, I left my family. I left my comfort zone. We left a, a furnished house and we had, you know, like two suitcases. I had a sweater when I got here. So we started from, from nothing and we came. I got so many noses at first and even, you know, and so many things that were very difficult, um, so many rejections but it's really how you posture yourself, right? And how you survive the desert. Because remember, even when you're going through the desert or through the fire, you know, you're not gonna be burned. It's how you go through that. that you, not only you build your character, and I think that I built my character through so much, you know, a difficult moments in my life, but that's how you can grow because those who worship during the desert will worship in abundance. Welcome to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. Resurgence Initiatives podcast. Our heart is to see a movement of leaders released in all spheres of society and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Never before has there been such a need for good leadership. We're on a journey to be equipped, encouraged, and empowered. Join our conversations as we talk spirit-empowered leadership and see God's kingdom at work through God's people everywhere they go. Hey, welcome back to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. My name is Travis Salonia, and I'm with Donovan Beyer, and we are from a ministry called Resurgence, and we launched this podcast with one goal is to raise up, to release, and see leaders that are led by the Spirit all over the world, wherever you are, um, and, and we're on a journey. We don't got to figure it out. But we are journeying, and we are so glad that you are with us today. Uh, we have an amazing guest I'll introduce in a few moments, but just so glad you are here. And one of the mandates we have is to reach people, to release leaders, and to revive churches. And we've been on this journey since 2008. And in this season, we've just been kind of tracking how do we grow in as a leader in leadership? We believe that leaders aren't uh, born leaders, that we can learn leadership. And uh, it's been an exciting season. So if you're just joining us, check out some of our past episodes. Uh, today's is no exception. I know it's going to be amazing because our guest is a dear friend. But Donovan, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. My uh, a little sick, so my voice might sound a little under the weather. But other than that, I'm doing amazing. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, our guest today is uh, again a dear friend, and she is a professor of nutrition at the University of Alberta. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of get to her accolades when she joins us, but it is uh, she is one of the top leaders in Canada in the educational sphere. She's won awards. She's been documented as one of the top leaders, uh, women leaders in our nation of Canada. And so it's a tremendous honor, but she's a woman of faith and she's a professor on the University of Alberta campus where I attended and got an engineering degree. Donovan was um, a chaplain and also at a uh, young adult pastor right off campus there. So Donovan, tell us a little bit about the University of Alberta. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite an amazing place, actually. It's probably about 40,000 students, so it's a larger university, um, really well-known across the world. Like, degrees from the U of A are really well-received all over the world. And one of the things that I found while I was pastoring at the U of A um, is that it is it is a secular environment. Like, for there's Christian clubs there. There's amazing things God's doing there. But overall, like, with their policies, with a lot of the ways that they 
they uh, just structured their just their the way they want people to conduct themselves at the U of A. Just uh, I wouldn't say it's hostile to the gospel, but very like kind of closed off. And so being a strong believer and a professor um, would be something that would require the the leadership and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation with with uh, Dr. Prado today, just to hear how she has a lot, like how she lets her faith shine in an environment like that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Prado is a journey of someone that felt a calling and it wasn't to ministry. It was to be a professor. And she, it, it sent her across the world, sent her and her husband. Um, she, I'm sure she's going to tell us that story today. And it's, it's been a tremendous story how God is using her and the impact of her ministry, not in a church, but in classrooms and in research and papers. I think over 160 peer-reviewed research papers. I mean, it's, she talks all over the world. Um, we're really honored to have her. And most of, I, I love her fire. Maybe it's the Brazilian in her, but she has such a contagious fire. Uh, I think it's the spirit led part and it's mm -hmm. just, it's in her. And um, there's something contagious that I believe we're going to catch today. And so we uh, have been journeying and, and we've been saying this leadership is not just a pastor that leads or someone in the sphere of the church, but we're all called to be leaders. There's a leader in every chair. And so whether you're a mom, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a dentist, doctor, lawyer, uh, tree planter, whatever God has called you to do, he's called you for that season and for that reason. And um, we're going to talk to someone that, that's called into the area of being a professor in, in, a, in a place, as Donovan explained, that um, is, is not a Christian environment. It's a secular environment. And she's excelling because God is giving her wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's incredible. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So I think we should just get to Carla. Hey, we're so excited to have on the Spirit Empowered Leader podcast today, uh, Dr. Carla Prado. And uh, she's a dear friend. Uh, we have had her minister at our ministry resurgence in Edmonton a few times and just love her and her husband. Um, Dr. Carla is a university professor at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. Uh, she was recently inducted into the Royal Society of Canada, the highest academic honor in the country, and has received um, the title of the most powerful woman in Canada, in the top 100. Uh, she was a few years ago rated in the top 40 or 40 young leaders in our nation of Canada. Uh, she is a professor of nutrition and um, I'm excited because in this podcast, we have been talking to leaders in the church, but also leaders in all spheres of society. And you're going to love this story today. Carla, we are so honored to have you on this podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell a little bit more about yourself? I gave a bit of a snapshot, but there's a lot more there. Tell us about your family as well. Yeah, so well, the accent is actually from Brazil. I'm originally from Brazil. I did my undergraduate degree there and moved to Canada in 2004. I moved here with my husband, Leandro uh, Prado. He worked for the uh, district office here in Edmonton. And now we have a four and a half year old daughter, Hannah. She is the joy of our lives. And yeah, so we've been uh, living in Canada's, uh, well, we've, we've left 
to live in the U.S. in between, but um, back here, our heart is, is in Edmonton, certainly. And yeah, but I always started in Brazil. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit of your story? How did you end up in Canada? How did you end up at the University of Alberta? Uh, I just love to hear kind of how, how that happened and how God led you. Yeah, this is truly a fairy tale story. I always wanted to be a professor since the second year of my undergraduate degree. And I always dreamed to study abroad. The United States was where I thought I was going to go. And I remember when I met my husband, I met him very young. I believe I was like 15 years old. We started dating. I was 16. And he said, I'll never leave Brazil. If you want to marry me, I'll never leave Brazil. <laughs> but I joke that I pray more than he does. <laughs> but, you know, jokes apart, I remember that when I was finishing my undergrad and the next step to be a professor is certainly you have to get a, a graduate degree or a master's and a PhD. And I remember it was the right season in our lives. And he said, you know, do you want to go live abroad to get your master's? We'll go for two years. We're back in Brazil. So it all started with that. And um, I'm going to try to summarize this story. But it was the purpose was I found a professor in the U.S. who would accept me. But I only had a few weeks to get ready. And, you know, I, I, I didn't make it to the requirements of the program within those timelines. I didn't have everything that I needed. And we went to an English as a second language fair in my city in Brazil. And they had, it was universities in Canada that offered English as a second language program. And that's, they had a booth from the University of Alberta. <laughs> and that's how I thought, I found out about the U of A and even Canada at, at that time to me, wasn't like I've heard the name Canada before, but it was all about US. You know, I didn't have this understanding of what the country was. And um, I was just learning how to use a computer at that time many years ago. But what happened is I heard about the university and they had a brochure about the other programs. And I fell in love with the, the program in nutrition here. And we looked at the cost of living in Edmonton at that time. It was very affordable. Things changed a lot since. <laughs> but it, it, I started emailing professors. And I, you know, now that I'm a professor, I get hundreds of emails every month. And I had no one to recommend me. I just emailed, you know, just I want to study with you. Is there any opportunities? And the answer just there was a professor I was particularly interested in working with. And she said, you know, unfortunately, I don't have any opportunities available now or for the near future, like get lost <laughs> in a very kind way. But, you know, and then I've emailed a couple other, uh, one other university in Canada, but it wasn't what I wanted. Like this professor really had the research program that I wanted. And I remember being very disappointed. And I went to my husband and I said, you know, I'm never going to get a position abroad. You know, people don't know me. And he just said, you know, let's just go there. And I said, what do you mean as a vacation? He's like, no, we can't afford it. We're just going to move there. And I know it sounds crazy, but that's exactly what we did. I don't know how, but <laughs> it's just telling you this story. It's it's interesting to, to think about it, but we literally sold what we had. We registered in an English as a second language courses. So we had two months visa for uh, to come to Canada so I could show the professors who I was, specifically this professor that I wanted to work with. And it was all or nothing because we couldn't afford coming here and going back to Brazil. So we sold, we had a land where we're going to build a house. We were recently married. We've been married for a year. Um, and we sold our cars in Brazil. Cars are expensive. And that's the money we had. So our family thought we were crazy. You know, we came with two suitcases. We didn't know anyone. And my husband barely spoke English. So when I moved here, I emailed the professor and I said, I know you don't have a position for me, but can I go visit your lab? 
And she's like, she was very kind. She said, sure, come visit me. And I knocked on her door, entered, met her. And she's like, so what are you doing in Edmonton? Is your husband working? I said, no, I sold everything I had. I packed and came. And she almost fainted, right? Because she said, don't do that to me, by the way. <laughs> but she almost fainted. She said, I don't have a position for you. And then I looked at her and I said, oh, uh, and she said, and I don't have funding. And I said, oh, I'm going to pray you're going to get funding. And I just said it like that, as if it's like, whatever, like, I just pray you'll get it tomorrow. Like, and she started, like, I didn't know Canadians didn't talk about God. So she's staring at me, right? It's like, what? <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to summarize this story, but uh, the, this determination, right? It was really uh, uh, impactful to her. She ended up getting this huge grant. And within two months, I was accepted, you know, and, and the, the entire, my PhD program, the entire joke was like, Carla will pray, you'll get it. Carla, can you pray for us? to get this you know because it was a wonderful stories and even the place where we lived it was a, a family helmet Tom and and his family like was it belonged to him and he saw us walking by searching for an apartment we were staying at a hotel and he felt God saying to him help them we were just passing by and he really really he and his family really really blessed us all these years but it's it's amazing and he's he remembers me saying no are you guys staying in canada and we said well we only have two months visa but uh god is going to open the door so that without again i didn't know <laughs> not talking about god here was was an issue so i just you know I, and then little did i know that because i said that it confirmed what god had told him right to help us so <laughs> yeah wow fairytale story. So if you think of me today, my position, most powerful women in Canada, top 100, a very prestigious position is nothing short of a fairy tale story. And as an, and as an immigrant to Canada as well, right? <laughs> and, and further on that, your prestige, you know, in, in being a professor, there's research, um, there's some areas that you can excel yes. at. And you've yes. excelled in not just one area, but all three areas. Can you talk to that? Um, a successful professor has to uh, work, have, has to be successful in research, teaching, and service. So serving communities, serving our associations and our uh, um, professional uh, um, uh, professional associations related to our work as well. And yes, I have received awards in all of these three areas. Uh, so it's really, again, I think, as I always say, grace and favor. That's why my daughter's name is Hannah. That That's what it means. But I also, everything that I do, I do it with joy and with excellence, right? Like the Bible says about doing everything as it's for the Lord. And this is this is how I live by. And many challenges, many no's that, we, that I've got to get to where I am today. But I've always been, you know, uh, I have a supernatural faith. So certainly that's something that I've been blessed with. And I try to, to pass that on to people. I'm always looking at, you know, being passionate about things. I joke, there's the three things three P's for success. So passion, persistency, and uh, positiveness as well. <laughs> wow. And so we're talking about faith and supernatural faith. Someone's listening today, watching, and they're a leader. Maybe they're trying to be get into a doctoral program. Maybe they're, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, a leader in there as a teacher or as a business person or a pastor. What, how did you find that supernatural? Where did that faith that developed that? What, can you can you talk to us a little bit about where that came from or is that you were born just like that or yeah. is that something that grew or grows or 
<laughs> it's a, my personality is like that, certainly. But, you know, I think that faith is a gift from God. And I think all of us can ask for it. If you don't have it, I think it's one of the most important things that I have and uh, that I have to work through throughout my life. And it's always g good to find faith as well if you don't have it. First of all, you know, go to the word. What does the word say about your future? You know, what are the, our thoughts that the Lord has? I'm going to say a lot, lot of things that I want you guys to go to the Bible and search for this. <laughs> Make everyone read the Bible. But you know, what are the thoughts that God has towards us, right? And if you if you live by the living word, the living scripture uh, uh, of God, you would see, you'd find so much hope and faith. And it's not that our lives are going to be easy. Oh, that's the opposite, actually. It's a constant battle. But I am in a rock, right? And this rock is not shaken because, and and it takes a lot of the this relation, the intimate relationship as well. We can talk about that, but it's it's just going to the secret place and listening. Should I fight for this? You know, fight in, you know what I mean, in the spirit, fight, really believe that this is going to happen. But faith is something that you can ask uh, uh, if you don't have enough. And it's, it's so important because you can encourage people around you. You can change situations. You can be positive. I could be, you know, in, in view of challenges, I can be very negative about it. But negativity is just, it contaminates everyone, like, like the bad apple or that's going to contaminate them all. And it's so much better to be positive. And I always tell my students, breathe and smile. Because when you smile, you're just bringing that, you know, that empowerment of of, you know, let's look at this of the, the the right side of the things and uh, of, of the the situation. And yeah, so that's my perspective. <laughs> it's amazing because you're uh, the way that faith has played out in your life. Not only has you see, have you seen this like amazing provision and God doing these amazing things, but it also impacts just how you you view your everyday life. Like, and, and I think that's really cool. Oh, and I have so many stories. Like, this is one of my stories of you know getting a no first and fighting, but it's there are many. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. We'll uh, we'll take some time before we wrap up to hear more of those stories. But I'm just curious. One of the things we talked about with a few of our our podcast interviews so far has been calling. And uh, as a spirit empowered leader, it's really important to to know and understand that God's called us to where we are. And I'm just curious, kind of what your calling looked like for you as far as your uh, your job as a professor, as a researcher. Um, where did you kind of get a passion for that? And uh, and yeah, how did that play out as you pursued your calling? Uh, it's interesting. My, my mom, I have many teachers in my family and my mom is a, a professor in Brazil. So I was born and raised in people who be very good teachers, award, you know, award winning type of teachers, my cousins, for example. So that was always something that I liked, but it was, I think that what I liked the most when I was an undergraduate student was the ability to do different things and not having a board, a boring job. So I could, you know, I could do research and I could do, uh, I could do teaching, but I could also serve the community. And I've always loved to serve people and be in the middle of people. Like I love, you know, gatherings. I love, this really empowers me. Um, I never dreamed of having what I have today. I'll tell you that when I first moved to Canada, I remember I said, I, because I was a a little bit persecuted, I would say as a leader back home, I'm like, you know, it's just, you know, jealousy. Of course, if you hire in police position of, of leadership, a lot of things can happen. And I remember I said, when I moved to Canada, I'm going to be quiet. No one is going to know my name. And it's just not, but you know, I was literally for, for a while, I believe, I remember the first presentation I gave at a conference, I froze when someone asked me a question. I could not remember the question when I went to answer it. It was so humiliating. And I said, I'm never going to present again. And when you have fear, you 
it's almost like a barrier, right? Of the, like, if you don't go out of your comfort zone, you're not going to grow. And we, if you have the Lord in your life, you just don't need to be afraid, right? Because he is with you. And this is one of the things that I, like, I really had to step out of my comfort zone. Can you imagine had I not stepped out of that fear and my previous, you know, failure in quote, quote, quote unquote failure, I wouldn't have ha traveled the world giving talks. I've given more than 200, 250, I believe, presentations all over the world. I wouldn't be where I am today. So I've never, uh, I, I think that it started stepping out of my comfort zone, but also ambition, but uh, ambition that I, the first time someone told me I was an ambitious person, I felt extremely offended. I thought that was a bad word. And then I went to study it. And you don't go anywhere without ambition in life. The thing is having the heart in the right place. So I think that I was able to be used and put on the you know, position that I am today because my ambition is in the right place. Like the goals, I, I you know, having the, the, the size of the lab that I have today and the, the, the number of studies that I oversee today, it was, first of all, I had the intent of really advancing and helping my field, but also it's, you know, at the end of the, it's not about pride. It's not about, you know, show off. And I think that the Lord can really use us when you have this heart, right? And there, there is a song, a Brazilian song from a group called Before the Throne. It's a new song. It's so beautiful. It says, he, um, he is the king who has the scepter and the sword, but he also has the water and the towel. So he's king overall, but servant of all. And that's what I want to be. And I think that's why I was able to be put on a position of influence over this sphere of influence over this, you know, sector, I would say, because I am, I was entrusted that and I've, my heart was in the right place. So I think that, you know, this is, it all started this way. Um, and, and I think that, the Lord can really trust us to get to a higher place, right? When you have the heart, a humble heart, a servant heart. Yeah, it just reminds me of that passage where Jesus says, you know, those who we trust with little can be trusted with much, right? There you go. And yes. it's that attitude, yes. that posture of servant, servant leadership. No, I was just going to say, it's important for people to understand that there's so many, you know, you see me here smiling today and so positive. They're thinking she has so much going on. I came to a country with two suitcases. I left all my shoes in Brazil. That's very serious for a Brazilian. <laughs> Two pair of shoes, guys. This is serious for. But you know, I left my family. I left my comfort zone. We left a, a furnished house, and we had, you know, like two suitcases. I had a sweater when I got here, so we started from from nothing, and we came. I got so many noses at first, and even you know, and so many things that were very difficult. Um, so many rejections. But it's really how you posture yourself, right? And how you survive the desert. Because remember, even when you're going through the desert or through the fire, you know, you're not going to be burned. It's how you go through that. that you, not only you build your character, and I think that I built my character through so much, you know, a difficult moments in my life, but that's how you can grow. Because those who worship during the desert will worship in abundance. So good. Just your story is so inspiring and you can just feel God on it. And as you speak and it's encouraging and um, we at Resurgence and, and you have tracked with us have, have really um, kind of championed this idea that it's not just what happens at a service or at a church service, but how you wake up the next day, how you live a lifestyle, how the spirit empowers you to live that out. And so many times, I think we can sometimes do a disservice where we think, okay, the pastor, he's anointed and the, the missionary, they're anointed. 
but I believe that we're all called to ministry. Yes, yes, and, and so how do you see ministry look like for you as a professor? You're not, again, you may speak at a church every once in a while and you may serve in your local church, but your day-to-day yeah. -day job is not in a church. It's in a university that is far from a church a lot of the times. I know, yes. And I'll, I'll show you, you know, I'm getting my Bible here because it's, it's where everything, you know, <laughs> starts and ends anyways. But um, we are instruments of righteousness of God. So even when you cannot, you know, like I sometimes my soul burns of desire to speak about God and, you know, but of course we are in a workplace, we have standards and, um, but your righteousness is what leads people to to God, and it's your, it's the joy, it's, you know, and the the midst of all circumstances or any negative circumstances as well. It's how you posture yourself that you can shine the light of God in your life. Uh, it's loving others, right? Loving others is oh, it's easy. Let's just love my brother. Oh, it's very difficult to love others when others are stepping on your feet and when not that this happens to me, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it sometimes you're you're angry at something and angry at someone, but it's just how you posture yourself and being righteousness mm -hmm. is, I think, and it's a huge testimony um, and again, encouraging and your posture amongst all situations. I think that we can shine our light of God, even when we're quiet, even when we're silent. And that's what I live by. And I think that you can get, the Lord can use you away and also the intercession you can intercede for people you can posture yourself as an intercessor and that's the topic of another podcast so important for us to learn intercession is different than prayer right being an intercessor is different it's just you know being a, you're praying for something it's much different than that and i think that uh you you get spiritual authority to be an intercessor over areas right uh, uh, where you work at or where you uh, um or you, what are related to but everything starts and ends with the bible and also in the secret place that's why it's so important and it's difficult for people especially when you're very busy professionals i don't even know how many hours per day i, I work i'm not gonna say it out loud because i don't want people to be inspired by that i, I work a lot but you know what i mean i I love to be with the Lord at night and it's my my time with him. It's like finding time, let's just say finding time in our daily crazy schedules, being a mom. And I, you know, I do, if you guys don't think I do, like I, you know, clean and I cook every day. I'm the one doing everything, grocery shop, it's me. Um, but I also find time to be with the Lord. And I think that the more you seek this intimate relationship with you, he's gonna use you in ways that you don't need to worry about how he's gonna use you. And it's the secret place I really wanna to leave for everyone listening to us today. It's seeking him in the secret place. And most people find it so difficult. Even when you are, you know, when you started, it's almost awkward. What do I do here? But it's really like read the scriptures, memorize the scriptures, study the scriptures. But in the secret place, it's really like separating time from, for the Lord. I like, to, I have a box of things that I need, like of course tissue, cause I always cry. Um, my Bible and a book or different things. And you start just simply by praising and worshiping the Lord. And then you can share your needs and the desires of your heart. And then really go into the silence mode and, and hear from him. He's going to speak if he wants in any way, shape or form or through a Bible verse, but it's just seeking time. How do you build a relationship with a friend is spending time together, right? And the same thing with the Lord. And that's how we he can use us in different ways because our life, it's the gifts of the, the spirit too, right? So it's, uh, did I say that right? Gifts of the spirit? 
Yes, because the lost in translation sometimes, guys. But um, it's just seeking that. And what are the gifts of the Spirit? Right? If you build that upon your life, that's a testimony. It doesn't matter what you're doing or you're saying. That's a living testimony. And I'll tell you because it's so dark out there that if you have that in your life, that's already a ministry. That's already you're blessing others. You know, I bless people with a smile. I bless people, uh, you know, with shaking their hands because sometimes that's all they need. And yeah, so that's my ministry. <laughs> That's so good. I uh, I just want you to dig in a little more. Uh, you mentioned the gifts of the spirit briefly, but yeah, this is we do want to really look at what it means to be a spirit empowered leader. And so I'm just curious, kind of how have you seen that play out in your life, in your uh, your role at your work, and even in your own understanding of uh, of your relationship with God and who you are? I think it is always constantly being reminded that I am. People are looking at me, and so my reactions matter. Mm. And not that I'm there, I keep going towards the right like the, the goal but not that i've reached it but i i i have to be an example and in my field this example is most often dealing with rejection and uh teaching others on how to deal with rejection our work like what we do is usually you get a rejection today and then tomorrow you you may be you, you get something that people really like what you do. You can get highly criticized because most reviews we get from papers and grants we write are anonymous. So people just sometimes are nasty. I got something yesterday that was so nasty. And this crushes people's soul, right? Like I've I'm, I'm been doing this for many years, but if you get a, think of a student that's just starting, people are cruel sometimes and that can crush their soul. So one of the things that I do as, a, you know, a leader that is led by the spirit is really trying to encourage others uh, and trying to, again, have help them see the other side, have them fight harder to get better. What can we improve? How can we like just fine tune what is good and what's bad and really like, eliminate what's bad. I received an email once because we wrote a cookbook with animal protein. The vegans all hate me now because of that. But you know, I received this email from a vegan and I, this woman, I'm afraid for my life. <laughs> but I, you know, people are very passionate. And it's it's funny, right? And I, you know what I did? I didn't even read it carefully because it's not going to um, benefit me. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's, that could crush someone's soul, someone, you know, someone that is younger, less experienced. So I think that my leadership, inspire leadership is really seeing beyond and seeing, you know, what are the areas that are trying to destroy us, destroy our confidence? You know, there's so many of you out there that have a huge calling upon your life, but you don't think you're good enough. You don't think you're ready or you're ex ex expecting different than huge things to happen in your life. And I'll tell you right now, um, like Joshua 1, 9 says, have I not commended you? Be strong and courageous, right? And go back and read the entire verse. But um, we have to be strong and courageous. And the Lord is not going to, you know, create and like, oh my goodness, it's going to be a huge award that you're going to get. No, start small. We start getting rejections. These rejections are building your character. Maybe these rejections are not things that are not meant to be for your life, or there are maybe things that you are meant to fight harder and get them. And this is it's much more fun, guys, when you have to work hard to get something when things are just given to us. And, you know, I, I always joke the Lord likes to have fun watching us <laughs> reach that too. But you especially there's so so many challenges that I've uh, been through in my life but every time I meet so many people along the way and a lot of these people that had to help me solve a problem became huge friends and people that I was able to you know have amazing relationships with so it's opportunities for us to grow and 
don't think like we all have a huge calling. My biggest calling is not my job. It's my family. It's my daughter too. And that's the other important thing. If you think that you are, you know, stay at home mom, that's not a calling. You don't have, you know, uh, whatever title I have. It's a much more important, your uh, reward in heaven is bigger than mine. So it's a much more important calling. And I'll say that it's even for those who are, you know, have, uh, um, other jobs and have family. Your family is your number one priority, it's their number one job. So this is a little bit of my perspective on that. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I wanna I wanna drill down on that because I think it's there's probably some listening and watching that are are passionate. They're got a career. God's given them maybe a dream or something mm-hmm. like you. It was like I wanna be a professor or this this yeah. passion and yet uh marriage is there and in kids and and you know sometimes it's like well can i even can i do all of that i gotta pick one and go for it and how have you had to navigate that of of your your time deciding okay i can be married and still follow my dream and some of that dynamics and now being a mother and being there for Hannah and all of that. Can you yes. can you talk to us about that? Oh, absolutely. And I've, I've been through quite a journey. I remember when we first moved to Canada, when I was getting married, um, one of a, a, a famous professor told me, Carla, if you're get, getting married, it's going to hinder you. Don't get married. And, and then it's funny because then when I moved to Canada, the same person said, oh, it's easier for you to move because you're married. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> so uh, if people have perceptions of this. And I had a lot of um, women I looked up to that didn't have children when I was being trained in my graduate program. So the most successful women, I would say, near me didn't have children. So that was uh, probably psychologically played a role for me delaying the desire. I always wanted to be a mom, but it delayed my desire to choosing the right time, quote unquote, choosing the, the right time. And when we were, and we've moved around a lot after being in Canada, we went to the US, then uh, we moved back here. So we were we were living a little bit of a transition time here, but we were, we've been here for a while back in Canada. We could have started having children earlier, but I was never thinking it was the right time. I was always busy, busy, busy. And it took me, uh, I actually had to see a family therapist because I felt from the Lord that I needed to talk to someone about it that was not gonna judge me by my desires to be a successful uh, person, but that also understood the values that we have right here, right? That's very important. And it took me one hour talking to this uh, uh, family counselor that you know who, who she is, uh, Travis, um, to, dis- to decide like one hour only. The first thing she asked me, there is an intake form that's collecting some information. She's like, what is your biggest quality? I'm like, what is my biggest quality? I'm like, well, talk a lot. That's not a quality. (laughs) Uh, God needs to work on that. Um, It's uh, creativity. I'm very creative and I love to do things outside of the norm and innovate, uh, doing unexpected things. And that's how she she said, so why don't you think you're going to be creative when you have a child? And that just, I'm like, oh, boom. That, and she's like, why are you limiting God? Why are you limiting what God can do? Um, and you know what? I'll tell you that it took one hour. I was decided, I never even looked back. I was decided to like, I'm going to be a mom. And what happened is I, the Lord gave me a way more after Hannah was born 
professionally wise, professional like in my career than before her. So he showed me that it's really him. <laughs> like, why do we forget? And that's the thing we get so busy. And sometimes we forget uh, of why we're here. What am I taking with me when I die of what I'm building here? Nothing. What's my legacy? You know, it's very little. Um, uh, it's a contribution, scientific contribution, but it's my my legacy really at the end of the day. The, the most important legacy I can leave is my, my. it's, you know, a seed for the earth. So it's, it's Hannah for sure. And not only he completely changed my perspective, but this is the biggest joy of my life. And there is no award, no funding or publication that I can get, which are the biggest things in our career um, that compares to the joy of being her mom. It changed me as a woman. It changed me, uh, you know, changed our family for sure. And I can never imagine looking back. So, um, and it, it truly puts things into perspective of what's really important in this life. I would leave everything behind in a heartbeat to be with her. So good. And and how, and how in, in that daily life, managing everything, you say what you, how you're doing that, how does that all work out? Like, how do you have enough time to sleep or? Um... Well, it's the thing, is, and it's my fault. I do not want anyone to follow my advice, um, but I've grown and I'm in a season of transition in terms of people who I have to help me in my work. But I, I have an issue saying no to things, and that's something that I'm working on. <laughs> but the way I manage things, and I think that that's a healthy perspective, is I have priorities in my day. And my priority is Hannah. So I pick her up early. I leave early. I leave work early to pick her up before she would. Now she's asking me to stay longer. So I had to change it because she's like, mommy, don't pick me up so early. <laughs> but, you know, before last year, like she's three, three and a half, I, I would leave work at three and pick her up. And then I would be with her until she goes to bed. And then I go back to work because I'm not working, you know, that, that time in the afternoon. Now I leave work at four and I pick her up. I, then I do not even check my emails. When I'm home, I'm home with my family. So, uh, you know, I cook dinner every day. I serve her plate and her dad's plate. Uh, that's my language of love. And um, I take care of my family. It's really about my family. And I give her bath and then we take turns putting her in bed. And that's how I do it. Uh, when I'm not putting her in bed, I exercise at home. I don't have time to go to the gym. So that's how, like I adapted my schedule um, to me be able to do everything, take care of my, my, my body as well at home. So I do, you know, online, I, I had a wonderful, uh, a personal trainer who helped me get to this point. And it's something affordable. I'm not talking about things that people can afford here, but um, this is what I do it. And then I go back to work at night. So most nights <laughs> I am working in front of the computer until um, um, late. My husband is by my side. So I look at him like, love you, love you too. <laughs> but we take some, you know, some days that we're, we're going to be relaxing at night for sure. But then after that, then I, I have my, my prayer time before I go to bed. So working in the evenings is something that's a reality for me. Late nights when we have deadlines is a reality for me. Um, but it is because I need to manage how to say no better. <laughs> I need to manage my, my responsibilities better. So I'm not encouraging people to do it. But again, this is an alternative, right, of leaving work earlier so that you have that quality time. And then I sacrifice the evening. But, you know, it's also, okay, I also enjoy doing it. I don't do any of this uh, without joy in my heart. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. And it's cool because I what I'm hearing you say is that 
the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your own in your own life it it impacts every part of your life. It impacts how you treat your body. It impacts how you love your family. It impacts how you try to schedule your time. Um, it's just such a cool. You're such a great example of uh, of, of spirit led leadership in in all of those ways. Um, but I'm just curious too how how have you seen um, just being in an environment that I know you've spoken about intercession and you've spoken about love and, and caring for people. Um, but how have you seen just your faith um, coming to play in your in your place of work? Like, how have you, you know, how, how have some conversations gone or what, what are some maybe stories that you've seen of how how you've been able to make an impact, even though you can't explicitly be be sharing things all, all the time? Like, what, yeah. are, what are some ways that you've seen God work through your faith at your at your work? Well, there's a fun story um, that ha- that happened with uh, it was not only a colleague, but it was a, a friend of mine. And we were talking about God and, you know, everyone knows my, my faith, about my faith. And he uh, looked at me and he said, you know, you're not allowed, he, he used this word, not allowed to, to, to be a Christian and be a scientist. Then I looked at him and I said, well, just watch me. <laughs> I'm, I am allowed, you know what I mean? There's the Charters of Rights and Freedom of Canada. I'm allowed to, to, to believe in whatever I want. But I just said, just watch me. And, you know, it was an intense conversation because um, he went back to the Bible and the wars in the Old Testament. And while I wanted to answer and talk about it, I really felt um, from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not to say anything, just smile and, you know, just not. Uh, it was very difficult not to say anything, but I, I felt that it, it's not helpful. Sometimes we engage in debates that are not going to be helpful. He was not going to change my mind and vice versa. And you know what I mean? And sometimes like, I, I only felt, again, going back to this love. That's what I felt the Lord telling me. It's just like, just love on him, you know, just just be, just show love, just show my love. And it's like, um, sometimes you want to get her shoes out of their feet, uh, you know, and just dump it on someone's head, but just love, love like Jesus, love, <laughs> love like Jesus, love all the time, breathe and say that. And anyway, so I stayed quiet and time passed. And I remember this person talking to me about, you know, uh, the desire of having children and that they received a medical diagnosis of being unable to, to, to have children. And I just jumped in and I said, okay, uh, I'm going to pray. You're going to get a child. And uh, the only the only thing is you have to give glory to God. You're gonna have to acknowledge that this came from God. No, you're not understanding. I, we cannot have children. I said you're gonna get you're gonna get pregnant. I'm telling you that. So of course, then I go to the secret place, right? And I'm like, God, what have I done? Help me! <laughs> so why, why, why have I said that? So then I'm like, okay, contending, like please, please, God, don't like uh, what what have I said? But you know, when you say things that are led, of course, but it's funny and uh, long story short today he has two children i only have one he has two so uh and when the first child like his wife got pregnant with his first child he came to me and he said yeah i you're you're right like i acknowledge that that was a god miracle a god-given miracle to us so you know that to me and i even get emotional thinking about it that's so amazing and it shows not only the lord that we have but also that you know uh, we have this intimate relationship with him i can go to my god and say please help my friend please show him who you are and we have to be very wise to understand that sometimes it may not be 
the will of God, but we can pray to the best of our abilities, believing that it is right. And I did that. And I did it with a supernatural faith. And I just, I said, God, I'm not going to stop asking until you give it. Like, I'm going to keep asking. You're going to be sick of my voice. <laughs> you better give it to him. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful story. Yeah. <laughs> How, um, prayer has been a big part of your journey. Absolutely. And even praying probably for your husband, praying for, um, praying for your workers, praying in your, probably your, your offices there. How, how has prayer, um, impacted what you do? Prayer in my life started on a personal journey to moving back to Canada. And I'll have to talk about this story at another time. You guys can ask Travis and Donovan for that again, if you're interested, but, um, it started with me asking God to send us here and change my husband's heart. And I, I understood that prayer, like since as a young child, I remember some prayer experiences, but that was the biggest change in my life was when I was, I knew that we were to be back, meant to be back in Edmonton. We were living in Florida at that time. And I had to pray for a specific, uh, um, a specific situation for, for God to bring us back here. And I started praying about that. I started praying, like really praying. I would wake up in the middle of the night, two in the morning. I love to sleep guys. So it's tough. And you know, as I go to bed late, it's tough to wake up at two, but, uh, I was waking up and praying one hour every night. And it became, once you start again, seeking, right? Seeking his kingdom first, it becomes less about you and your own needs. It, and I started learning more about intercessory. Is that how you say intercessory prayer? Yeah. And I found a house of prayer. Oh my goodness, that changed my life. Going to a house of prayer in my in my city in the U.S. where we lived, and I learned about these different types of prayer and intercession. And this is why I think uh, I was really. Um, God could really raise me as an intercessor was through this season in my life it was a very difficult season. I had to die for myself. There are moments in our lives that you're disconstructed so that you can, you know, God can build a new vase. And that was one of them. And I learned about it. It was in the secret place and also going to house of prayers and churches that were spirit filled churches, really learning of the relationship and that you can have, that you have a friend and be like, Hey friend, you know, look at this person that's, you know, really suffering from, from this situation. Can, can I, I am in the gap. It's like being in the gap, right. For that person. And, um, I've seen miracles happen, miracles, especially with my spiritual mother that we have here, my church, sister Lourdes said, when we pray together, like the, the things that can happen when we pray in agreement. Right. And I have seen so much situations change, hearts change and impossible, again, miracles happening that it changed my life. And this is where it all started from a place where I was really, I had to really die for myself was a place of suffering, but it creates, that's how pearls are made. Right. Uh, and that's how I've learned the power of intercession and the power of, um, contending for things I've uh, many times I've prayed for things that were not meant to happen and, you know, and yet you have to understand the perfect will of God. And I always pay, pray for God to not his permissive will, because he can give things to you that you think it's good for your life, but he can have so much better for you. So I've always learned to pray in the perfect will of God. And that's why I think made a difference, right? It's also this heart of surrender 
to what he has, complete trust um, on what he has, not only for my life, but the life of others. Oh, that's just so cool. Um, and uh, I could just listen to you tell stories all day. And I'm sure many of us that are listening to. Yeah, Leandro would like that because then I'll probably speak less at home tonight. So. <laughs> I'm just wondering, you alluded earlier to just, you said there's been some amazing faith stories in your life, just things that don't make sense outside of God's leadership and God's intervention. And uh, I'm sure many of the leaders listening today would just be encouraged just to hear. Do you have one or two that you want to share with us today? Oh my goodness. I'll share, uh, maybe I'll share one and then we'll see if we have, if we have time for more. But uh, one of the things that come to my mind is, and it's like things like even, I remember when we first moved here, I really wanted to go home for Christmas the first year um, because we left, you know, we just moved to a new country. The first time we're away from our family. And I remember, I uh, I told my husband, I said, I'm going to pray we're going to get the money to go to Brazil. He, like, he looked at me, he smiled, like, like oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, you know, um, I got a, a letter through uh, the university mail saying that my grades in Brazil were very good. Congratulations, here's the money. The money was exactly the two tickets to Brazil and 10% that I give back to God always. And it's just amazing, you know, it's almost like, what? So it paid for two tickets and then the 10% uh, there that I could give back. Um, but another fun story, when I was a graduate student, I remember there was a scholarship that mostly uh, people who were curing cancer were applying for it. So, you know, me and my, my research was, like, I didn't think I was gonna be that competitive, but I did it my, to my best. And I remember, I think I was like number seventh in the, the list from top to bottom, and they were giving five awards. So they've emailed me and said, you know, unfortunately you didn't get this scholarship. I really wanted this scholarship to help me with tuition costs and everything. And they said, unfortunately you didn't get it. There were five awarded, um, so, you know, try next year. And that was a big scholarship. And I just remember, and I said, I replied to this person who I don't know. And I said, what are the chances of me getting a scholarship? Uh, because when people get two big scholarships, they have to decline, right? So this one had, like if people got a federal scholarship, this one that was a provincial one had to be declined. So there, there, there are chances of this happening. And the person said, because they were emailing the people who did not get later, they said, oh, you know, tomorrow is the deadline to accept it. And unfortunately, everyone, uh, no one has declined it yet. So uh, it's impossible. That's what, oh, don't use this word with me because it just gets me fired up. I just don't. I'm like, oh, don't use this word with me. So I just replied back and I'm like, I believe in miracles. <laughs> That's all I wrote to this person. I'm finding out who this person is. I believe in miracles. And then I remember going, you know, face on the floor. That's, that's my face on the floor and saying, God, I want it. I want your favor. I want, you know, like it's mine. It belongs to me. I want one. And then the next morning I wake up with an email saying, I guess, I guess it's worth to believe in miracles. You got this scholarship. So, you know, this then was, we funded most of my program, uh, which was a, a huge blessing. And I've had, yeah, I have several other stories. We have time for one more. <laughs> sure, one more. One more. So I'm going to still talk about the graduate years because we can do another one for my uh, later years. But uh, this one was my visa was expiring and we submitted the application on time. And my so I was an international student at that time. Today I'm legally here, guys. I'm Canadian. <laughs> But I was, uh, don't, don't call immigration on me. But um, what happened is my visa was expiring and we've submitted the paperwork, but Leandro gave it to me. He always does all the paperwork beautifully. That's my husband. And I forgot to sign it. So because I forgot to sign it, 
um, my application was sent back and my visa expired, meaning I could not receive a salary. I could not even be at the university at that time. I panicked, right? Because can you imagine like you're not a student anymore? Go home, cannot even be here. So I've panicked and I remember, you know, a praying and praying and say, God, please put my application. Then I submitted again, but I, it takes time for it to get approved. So I remember praying, God, God, please put my application on top, put my application on top so that they can sign it. And I was really, really containing it. And in the meantime, everyone got, you know, just trying to help me at the university and they've tried to connect with Canada Place and see what could be done. It was a very unique situation because of delays and everything. And they, told me so then they called me back and said carla if they do not open if they have not opened your application then they can do something to help you here in edmonton so i'm like god put my application back on the bottom put my application back on the bottom but that's to say guys that sometimes you don't know what to pray for so just you know pray for the situation to be solved and in a supernatural unheard way of um, my visa got you know uh, approved. I got my salary and I didn't lose anything. You know, it was, if, if I lost, it was a, you know, just a week of work or something like this, but it was just, you know, those, those things that it were supernatural favor and people being mobilized all over to help you. That's what we have. That's what I take advantage of all the time. You know what I mean? Like, and I say, God, look at my heart. I don't want to do this so that I have I'm showing off. You know, sometimes when I pray for things, I'm like, I want to do this to help these people. I really like search, search my heart, right? Search my heart and finding me anything that you need to fix. But now this is good. I have a good intention. So just bless this, bless this. And I have the favor and the grace that I always go after. And I always claim it uh, um, upon my life. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, we want to pray today. And yes. as um, one of the things that we just believe in this podcast is, you know, service, um, you can encounter the Lord, but you can encounter him wherever you are. Maybe somebody's on their uh, treadmill right now or driving yes. in their car or ac across the world and yes. listening or watching. And we just want to give an opportunity for the spirit to encounter them. And I, I would like you to pray and I just even to pray into those areas of faith. Maybe somebody's finds himself in a situation yes. similar to you and going, Hey, I, I need that um, mm -hmm. position in my doctoral program, or I, you know, I'm just living on faith right now. And I need God to break through. I need to know my calling and need to know, need yes. a miracle for a baby or whatever it may be. I just, yes. I feel like there's some situations. And if you just, if you want to pray for us and then yes. also just pray, um, yeah, anything that comes to mind as God leads you. Jesus, we thank you for this time that we spent testifying of your faithfulness and your calling upon my life. And I pray for double portion of grace and favor for everyone that's listening to this podcast. Ignite, inspire, and launch more of your people into positions of leaderships in all sectors. Jesus, we pray that you, you give them the desire to seek your kingdom first and prioritize this intimate and sincere relationship with you. And let, let our love always shine the light in the world. Our love towards others be a testimony that our only agenda is to shine our light into the world with righteousness and excellence. And I pray for supernatural faith that my brothers and sisters are just going to understand who they are in you. 
what they have and this untapped territory for their lives that they can just cling to you, just get close to you and just learn um, not only to hear from your word or from your voice, but also to just learn each day the living word of the Lord and seek your word and learn about the faith the supernatural faith that is available to all of those who believe and ask for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 It's been such an honor having you uh, share with us today, Carla. I just really appreciate the conversation and really appreciate just how you've testified of God's faithfulness. I'm sure that those listening have just been inspired in their own faith today. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, everyone. And remember, a secret place, it's the secret of everything. You're never going to find joy, fulfillment, and anything other than, you know, just seeking. Look at me. God has, can use someone that can still learn how to speak English. <laughs> but it's really the secret place where you can find not only our purpose for this life, but all the untapped gifts. Mm -hmm. God has gifts for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And he can extend this. How do you say extend? Like point his scepter towards us. I know it in Portuguese. But <laughs> so this his scepter of love and acceptance. Go read the book of Esther. Um, it's so beautiful. And also um, expanding uh, expanding your or enlarging territories, enlarge your territories. He can do that. But when you seek his kingdom first. <laughs> uh, so good. Well, thank you so much. It's such been an honor to, uh, to, to just spend some time with you. I know you have a busy schedule and thanks for fitting us in and saying yes to this and, uh, and just being a part of it. I know you've blessed us and I know so many watching and listening. Uh, My thank pleasure. You. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Oh, well, that was such an amazing conversation that we just had. I, I'm i blessed. My faith is stirred. How, how do you feel, Travis, about what we just heard? Yeah, I, I just love Carla. I love her passion, her fire, um, but her faith. And you, you can really see that. And for her to come move across the world, really, um, show up at the door and say, uh, I'm believing God's going to move there's a level of faith there. And, and I think as she said, it's a gift, but we can ask for that gift. And, um, I don't know about you. I, I'm asking today, Donovan, for a greater gift of faith as a leader. Mm -hmm. I need a gift yeah. of faith. I need for the impossible situations. I think when we talk about faith, we also, and she mentioned this, we can talk about fear and sometimes it's easy to, um, to, to, think about fear and like, well, how's this all going to happen? And how's this going to, and, and yet, Yet her response is her face down before the Lord prayer and intercede and give it to God. And there's something incredible. You know, you can hear someone in the church and a pastor say, hey, let's do this. But then when you hear a university professor in a hard culture, um, I think we're saying that lightly. It's not easy where she leads and is and is placed and is having incredible nationwide, worldwide success. Um saying, hey, you need to pray. You need to invite the Holy Spirit. You need to you need to be in the Word. You need to take care of your family. I just think there's something so holistic of what she shared. And mm -hmm. I think in our North American context, and again, maybe you're listening from outside North America, but I think in a North American context, we can be so compartmentalized. And we've talked mm -hmm. about this in other episodes, Donovan. It's, it's so easy to be like, okay, my church is here. And Carla has this holistic approach 
Again, she's a nutritionalist, so she's probably eating healthy and working out and all this stuff. But it, there, there is something about it's, it's all together and how the spirit leads us as a leader. I don't know. I was just, um, it's just so encouraging and inspired me today. What I love too is like her faith impacted her to the point of it impacted just how she reacted and responded to things. Like I loved her story where she was talking about the, the her colleague who, who was having difficulties getting pregnant and, uh, or their marriage. And the, uh, I just loved how she gave that response. Well, I'm going to pray and you're going to have a baby. She's had that faith in that declaration um, and that trust in God. And then she went to prayer. I just thought it was so cool how it transformed her. And uh, yeah, I, I also think too, the the way that she conducts herself with excellence, the way that she conducts herself with uh, wanting to do her best in everything she does, is, I think that's a real reflection of spirit-led leadership too, where in everything she does, she does it for God's glory. And it's cool how that has not only granted favor for her, it's also granted um, just opportunities for her to, to share the gospel, opportunities for her to shine the light of Christ. And I'm just so encouraged today. And um, I, I, I hope that those listening are also encouraged. Yeah, Donovan, as, as we're just talking, I just sense the spirit really uh, drawing me to just someone's listening, someone's watching, someone's part of this, that um, you have a dream and maybe it's maybe it's a dream to have a baby. Maybe it's a dream uh, like Carla to, to get into somewhere that you're not able to get into and you just need faith today. And she prayed into this, but I feel even to say, um, don't give up. Don't mm-hmm. don't throw in the towel. Uh, and we just believe today that the spirit is leading you, led you to listen, to watch us, that God is going to do something in your situation. And we just declare hope today over you, hope over your circumstance. There, there's some that are going to be inspired in the educational sphere. You're listening to this. You're maybe a grad student. You're maybe in the middle of this thing. And you're going, I feel like he's called me to this, but I don't know what. And I feel like God just wants to confirm the call in you today. He has called you. He has placed Mm -hmm. you. There's a fire he's putting in you to do what you got to do to move into this next season. And I just, we pray that over you today. We pray a blessing over you uh, and an anointing over you that the spirit would lead you in this season and you wouldn't give up. You wouldn't be discouraged, um, but you would see the fruit of the seeds that you've been sowing in this season. And and God is working underneath uh, underneath the hood. You know, sometimes we don't lift up the hood to see what's happening. God is at work, and you need to be encouraged today. Wow, so good, so good. And uh, one of the things we want to do with this podcast is create a community of spirit empowered leaders. And uh, Travis, why don't you just tell tell us or tell all those listening about that a little bit, how they can stay connected with us and uh, just some of the things that they can do to, uh, yeah, to be a part of this community. Yeah. You know, we, we want a journey together. We're in this journey together. And so would you check us out on our website, liveresurgence.com. You can check out all about the podcast or other episodes were found wherever podcasts are found. Uh, you can subscribe, hit the subscribe button, uh, journey with us. But if you also want to, um, you know, uh, get to know us more, connect with us. You can do that on Instagram, live resurgence, L I V E R E S U R G E N C E and follow us. 
And uh, we would love to journey with you and write some comments, what you enjoyed, what God spoke to you through this podcast. You know, there's a post there on 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 this podcast today why don't you write some comments on what god spoke to you and if this touched you would you share it would you invite someone else to subscribe subscribe and be part of this we we just believe there are so many out there looking to journey together and we're building a collective we're building a family a community of people that are saying we're in let the spirit lead us let us lead and i believe there's a rising again of what god's doing not just in canada not just in america but in the world and so wherever you're listening from um send us an email info at liveresurgence.com we would love to hear um from you hear that you listen to our podcast and and if you have some questions some things that you're wondering about as a spirit-led leader going spirit empowered leader how do i lead this out how do i do this Give us some questions and we'll make a podcast based on those questions because we, we're just learning and we want to learn together. So good. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. We appreciate you. We love you. We're praying for you. We're for you. Be blessed. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. We hope that this podcast has encouraged you as an empowered leader. This podcast is brought to you by Resurgence Initiatives. Our mandate is to revive churches, release leaders, and reach people. We are on a journey, and the dream God has put in our heart involves you. Learn more at liveresurgence.com or on Instagram at liveresurgence.